Follow Justin's 90-day transformation from pudgy to ripped right here each week on Mind Pump. To get Justin's exact phased workout and diet plan, go to mindpumpradio.com and click the big yellow button at the top of the page. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to Mind Pump. Easily the best show in the universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was better? According yeah, that was to... better. Here we go. You're, you're listening Every to Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, whoop, whoop. and Justin Andrews. That's right. That's right. Uh, and it's tight. It's Q&A. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Really? It's, it's, it's tight butthole, bro. It's wow. Oh, thanks, thanks for tell, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> it's uh, it's Q and A time. Yeah. Yo. Do, yes. we have, do we have a song for that, Justin? Q and A time. Hey, we it's have Q&A to. The deal time. is just. <laughs> We're about to answer your questions. God, damn. Why, I don't know voice. why. You didn't, <laughs> beautiful you the, voice. The voice of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of R. Kelly. <laughs> So we have to do we we he have to do you, we have to do a Q and A where somebody thing. gets some good takeaways because I feel like we just did a Q and A where <laughs> we, got, we got we got where crazy. we did we had a little did, sideways yeah well we actually I think we gave some good information right. it was, you, just, you, you dissect it we did we gave some good some, information uh, so not a lot of fitness someone information. had told me Definitely. the other day and I I completely I was totally offended they said you know sometimes you guys get off topic and talk about crazy shit what that's fine. Yeah, what? what can I just can I just do say do we do that never no we're not even doing that right. Now, do you, guys get, do you guys get annoyed? Absolutely do you guys not. get annoyed by critiques? I get a little annoyed by critiques when people try. No one. You know what you it. should do. Yeah, you, no. you know what you should do. No, no I love it. it. Yeah, you no, like it. I, I, I like, take it as a cool compliment. story. Yeah, 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 I thought it was a compliment. Yeah, I was like, well, that's why I say cool story, bro. Yeah. I was like, thank you. <laughs> cool story. All right, bro. first, first question. This is start with how bad we're doing. This is. I love to listen to that. Yeah, we're we're doing really bad. So first question from the number from thirteen lucky. This is one of our Instagram followers, and the question is. What are our thoughts on metabolic damage and reverse dieting? Beautiful topic. Mm-hmm. Very good question. Uh, very. Uh, this is probably one of the most overlooked things and probably one of the biggest challenges as a personal trainer well, that we have. Well, why don't we define? Let's okay. define and how do we get to yeah? How do we get to metabolic damage? What okay. is metabolic what, damage? What takes mean? us there? So met- metabolic damage basically means you've screwed your metabolism up. And there's there's several ways that we can do this. The, the most common way that one messes their metabolism up is for a very long period of time of not feeding your body what it needs nutritionally to run. And I, I normally, when I explain metabolic damage to a person in layman's term, I normally explain the analogy like a vehicle. So if you imagine uh, your car engine and uh, you, you neglect changing the oil forever, you neglect rotating your tires, your timing belt is squealing and all off, you can still drive the car. You know, it, it'll, it'll move still, just like your body will still go. But how effective will it run? It's pretty bad, and it's probably only a matter of time before it breaks down. And it's kind of like what happens when you, for long periods of time, have not been feeding the body properly or yo-yo dieting or, you know, extreme dieting where you're not feeding the body anything trying to uh, – trying to lose weight that way and then eventually your body kind of shuts almost shuts down it takes time to get out of that well it actually takes a very long time and the longer 
you've been banging it up the longer it works. So let's yeah. say, for example, you've kind of screwed up your diet for a little while. And this is, so this is a topic I have. This is very close to home. And this right is now. a real phenomenon. As trainers, we've seen it in clients. Oh, I've I, seen it many oh, times. Yeah. I just shared a very good YouTube uh, of, uh, or a podcast uh, on a doctor talking about this with one of my clients because, um, you know, I take obviously I have clients that are, are overweight and 200, 300 plus pounds. And, you know, these are the most common people that have been, uh, you know, poor eating habits for a really long time. And by poor, it doesn't necessarily always mean that you're eating, you know, McDonald's every single day. It could just mean that, like I said, you're not feeding the body nutritionally what it needs. If you're if you're two, three hundred pounds your body needs a lot of nutrients to sustain. Um, and, you know, most people like that have probably had some sort of uh, issues with food, whether it be, um, you know, the psychological conditions that they use with it that's caused them to underfeed it or to not feed it properly. And it's caused this metabolic damage for a long period of time. And the longer it's caused damage, the longer it's going to take you to get out. So one of the hardest things for me to sit down and explain to somebody is that, hey, and this is normally how this goes, and it's very tough to explain to somebody who's coming to you to lose over 100 pounds, and you say, guess what? Um, I actually don't want you to lose any weight for the first maybe six months. Yeah, we got to fix your metabolism. Right. And they look at you like, you, six months, I'm going to pay for training from you, and you're going to help me, and I'm not going to lose any weight? Mm-hmm. Well, I could do that on my own. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, you can't. And no. Yeah, exactly. And and you brought up the very next question, which is reverse dieting, which is exactly what you do with somebody like this in order to get them back to where they need to be. And what you have to do with somebody is to slowly reintroduce these foods. Obviously, if I take somebody, which here's the mistake I used to make as a young trainer. As a young trainer, we used to have all these tools where I could calculate uh, how much you weigh and everything like that. And I could put it, implement it into a computer and it kicked me off. This is what your body needs. Your body needs X amount of grams of carbohydrates, protein, and these are the calories that you need. And so it's, it tells me that. And then you hand that to a client who doesn't eat nowhere near that. And they either one blow up from it and they start putting on, putting on a ton of weight from that. Or two, they're just so stuffed they can't even come close to finish the meal. Yeah, the definition of reverse dieting literally is a slow process into eating properly. That's what they mean by reverse. Mm -hmm. You don't hit it like a with a with a freaking sledgehammer right off the bat. You got to move them through slowly. I just experienced this with a client recently who's been been with me for a little while, and she was so meticulous about what she ate because she was so afraid about uh, of gaining you know a half a pound. And anytime she went off her diet just a little bit, she'd gain a couple pounds and it would take her weeks to lose those two pounds again. Mm. This is somebody who counted every single calorie, but she didn't exercise properly mm-hmm. um, and her nutrition wasn't you know as good as it is now, for example. Well, I told her, I said, listen, once we fix your metabolism and you have a weekend out with your husband, that's not going to happen anymore. And it's funny because she almost didn't believe me. She's like, well, that's just the way my body works. Well, now guess what? Mm-hmm. She'll go wine tasting, whatever. She'll go enjoy herself. No gain, no weight gain, and we've we we're starting to fix her metabolism. So this is a very very real real thing um, when it comes to your metabolism, and it it basically means that if you're in a really shitty situation for a long time, just like Adam was saying, you know you're gonna have to just get healthy first. Right. Yes. So that means stop looking at the scale and just get those good habits. Start eating more vegetables. Start eating more fruits. Start eating you know, less of the process stuff. Just start getting used to certain things and take it one step at a time. And then before you, and what ends up happening with this, by the way, is your results become more permanent. Mm-hmm. So if you want results that come and go, 
then go crazy and Yo-yo do your crazy stuff. Out, yeah. Well, just think of this. Let's say, okay, so let's take the example of someone who's 200 plus pounds. They come to you and you say, it's the first thing I always do before I even write a diet plan for someone or a nutrition plan for someone is I want, I want to see what you're currently doing. So right. I, I give them, I say, here's the deal. You know, you get started with me. I want to see a week of your eating. I want you to eat normal. Don't try and impress me. I want to know exactly what you consume. And then I go back and I look and, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, this 200 something pound person is eating like, 900 calories one day, 1700 another day, then back down to 700 calories and up to 2400 calories. And they're like averaging out like maybe 1100 calories top and they're 200 and something pounds. Mm -hmm. So extremely low for their body already. So, and then you come to me and you want to lose weight. Well, okay, well, law of thermodynamics, if I want to make this person lose weight and their their metabolism is now used to only 1100 calories, that means I got to take you down to like 600 calories Mm -hmm. in order to show you like a consistent weight loss, which is only going to last so long too. And how's that for longevity exactly extremely unhealthy it's not realistic and it's also why that same person just like sal was saying you know she goes out and she just she does well like so she's at 600 calories and she goes for a while she's dropping maybe a pound every once in a while and then she goes to that one night out with her husband or she goes decides to go drinking one time and then boom boom, three pounds comes right back on because all it takes is for you to have one meal out that could consist of 1,500 to 2,000 calories in an eating out meal, which is very easy to do. Easy. And you just took four times your, your daily intake in one sitting. And you bet your ass you're going to put on a pound mm-hmm. from that. So, you know, you are way, and it's this is real similar to what we talked about with Justin's progress right now in his mm-hmm. journey is if you're eating correctly and you're training correctly with your trainer or by yourself, and you're not seeing any movement on the scale. That's okay. Good shit is happening right now. If yeah. you're eating properly and you're working out, just because the scale is not necessarily moving one way or the other does not mean stuff is happening. Yeah, not give it happening. some time. Give it some time. It takes time. And a lot of time, just so you know, the longer you've been going, not paying attention to what you're eating and try and doing this, the longer it's going to take you to do it correctly. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and and take some of those elements out, like with the scale and focus on the positives, you know, focus on your energy, you know, focus on the things that are going to motivate you to drive you. Cause it's a long haul, you know, performance you need, you, in the gym, performance in the gym is a great one. Yeah. Like how, how your clothes fit, you know, in the, your energy levels, like all that kind of stuff. So excellent. Um, next question. This is from Jay Cisneros. Um, the question is, what is what is the difference in working muscles basically in like a lengthened position or a shortened range? So the example he gave is like the difference between a tricep, an overhead tricep extension where you feel a stretch in the tricep versus say a kickback, uh, you know, a tricep kickback where you feel most of the tension in the cor- in the in the contracted position. Mm-hmm. Now, in the past, um, they used to call exercises, you know, they used to have the compound exercises and then they had the finishers. Um, finishers tend to be the muscle, the exercises that would squeeze muscles the most, right? So, like a finisher for chest was like a cable crossover, right? Because you get a real hard squeeze. Um, here's the here's the science behind all this. Muscles are very specific in the way they adapt to resistance. So, if you're uh, if you're doing an exercise that's putting most of the resistance in a lengthened position, mm-hmm. um, then most of your strength gains are going to come from that length in that lengthened position. Right. Um, this is why it's important to incorporate all of these uh, these different positions, different angles, and and yeah, different lengths. angles. Yeah. So you can pretty much break it down into three angles, and I'm not even talking about the different types of muscle contraction. Mm-hmm. Um, you have exercises that give you a good stretch. You have exercises that are kind of mid-range, mm-hmm. and then you have exercises that give you a good squeeze. And so now you have your resistance, your lengthened, and your middle, and in your shortened. So using the chest as an example, 
uh, a stretched exercise would be a, a, a free weight dumbbell fly, mm-hmm. right? Most of the resistance is at the bottom. Towards the top, there's not much resistance because right, you're in open position. Yeah, you're not really fighting gravity at the top. Right. A mid range exercise would be the bench press. Bench press. And then your squeeze again would be yeah, like a pec deck or a cable yeah. crossover. Right. Um, so I would say use them all. And each one of them in studies have shown different types of adaptation, and you can benefit from each of those. I will say, however, that exercises in that mid range tend to be the big mass builder compound movement. So, you, it's, so you're it's, getting a little bit of both. That's why. It, it kind of is. Like, for example, like a deadlift. There's no real stretch or s- real squeeze, you know, at the top or a barbell squat. You know, it's more of that mid-range. And so the mid-range stuff tends to be the heavier load type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, I remember this. This was a book in the early 90s. It was called Positions of Flexing. It was an Iron Man magazine, like, special thing or whatever. And the routine consisted of... Each body part, three exercises, one exercise in the mid-range, one exercise in the stretch, and one exercise in the contraction, contracted position. It's actually pretty brilliant, if you think of it, for them to put it together that way. So um, mm. I would say, you know, work on all those. And then they do find, by the way, in the lengthened position, resistance in lengthened position does stimulate something called mTOR, M-T-O-R, um, in muscle, which is responsible for muscle growth. And this is why I always emphasize a really, in a safe way, of course, a really full um, range of range motion. Range of motion with all your reps, yeah. And you know who was really big on that? Um, Arnold Arnold back in the right. day. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You ever watch him do flies? Remember pumping iron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous range right. of motion, right? Right. No. And he would talk about how that stretch would help him yeah. build muscle. I feel like we miss that. I see I see guys in the gym and they, they some guys get the squeeze, but, but not a lot of people. better movement, too. Much better, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I noticed that's the one reason why I can't. I tend to lean a little bit more towards the the lengthened position contraction. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I noticed that that's, mobility. that that's the one that people tend to miss. Mm-hmm. Like they they'll get the squeeze, but I don't see a lot of people focusing on like that that stretch. Like for the back, mm-hmm. you know, when people are doing like a cable row. You know the old school way of doing a cable row. Yeah, right? letting come all the way forward, almost like you're rowing a boat. Like, yeah, where they like lead forward, yeah. and and then we were taught as trainers that's bad form yeah, because that's using the erector. All yeah. The way yeah. And then, yeah, and in reality, what they're doing is they're getting their lats to stretch, and then right. they're coming up and they're squeezing. Yeah. Right. And um, I that's how I a lot of times do my. Cable this is rows. such a great point too because uh, we talked about this on another Q and A with uh, you know trainers or people wanting to critique form and going up and saying something to somebody who they think that they're doing bad form and. You know, there's so many things in, in fitness that, you know, are contradicting as far as your, your certification tells you like, oh, this because well, there's so many gurus. Yeah. That, that here's the thing is they have to have a stance that defines who they are in their program. And so this is where a lot of trainers get caught up in that. And we, yeah. we should we should be honest with the listeners. Really, the only gurus you should listen to are the ones you're listening to right now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much Everybody right. else is full of shit. So yeah. I used I used to teach... Uh, Good point, Sal. Because yeah. b- bicep Thanks. and tricep is probably one of the most common ones when people ask this question. And so, um, like Sal used the chest analogy, I, I used to use the, the bis and tries and elbow posi- positioning. Um, I, you know, I, it used to crack me up when you'd see somebody stand at like the cable pushdowns and they do like cable pushdowns, reverse pushdowns and the rope and then the triangle. Oh, where they're and, rotating their hands. Yeah. yeah. Where you're, you're pronating or supinating your hands and which has nothing to do with the tricep. Exactly. Right. It has no, nothing to do whatsoever. So the difference between the rope and the triangle and the reverse grip is, is pr- virtually the same thing on your tricep. Obviously there's a, a tad bit of a variation because of it, the dip- grips. Yeah. Whatever. Your grips yeah, and your forearms it. have to activate a little bit different, but as far as the work that's getting on your tricep, but you take the position of your elbow 
uh, in that position where you're doing a push down and then you do an overhead extension and then you do a skull crusher. So think about where your elbows are positioned. Your position, your elbows are down by your side at one point, then your elbows are up at about 90 degrees and then your elbows are pinned all the way back. Now you've well, got good variation. And yeah. I think too, like some of it, it depends on your goals, whether it's an aesthetic goal or whether it's a functional goal, you know, or, or sports performance too, what kind of, what types of, of, of exercises are going to dictate that, right? So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I stand. With you that. were talking about uh, different types of muscle contractions earlier when we were, yeah, off, when we were yeah, off air. Why right. don't you go into that? So, the concentric, bit? isometric, and eccentric phase. So, there's. So, what are each of them? Because a lot of people don't know. When you well, say concentric. Concentric is like your prime movement, right? So, out of the exercise. You're, you're flexing, right? right you're when you're flexing. So, that's the one that most people are familiar with. And then, um, you know, when you get an isometric part of the contraction, you're holding that resistance. So you're just holding the squeeze. Yeah, just holding the squeeze. And then obviously eccentric now is, is, is making sure that like you're, you're, you're resisting the load on the way back to starting position. So lowering the weight. Lowering the weight and, and basically what they call like a negative, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, there's a place for each one of those. I mean, you could split them up. You could do them all together in, in a specific tempo, or you could, you could really just focus on one element of that and, and change your whole workout up. Mm-hmm. And I know Adam's even mentioned that before, uh, really a great tool to keep in your toolbox. So. I love to mess with yeah. this. Well, I they, mean, they, there's a place for each one of those. Well, uh, they've already determined eccentric, the lowering of weight causes the most muscle damage. It's also responsible for the most muscle growth. Right. And so that's why I feel personally that it's one of the biggest ones to address in the beginning. Right. So if you can't properly uh, decelerate, yeah. if you can't de- decelerating is where everybody's injuries typically come from. Right. Yeah, it's where most it, people suck. Yeah. And so if you can't control your your momentum and your force in and uh, properly, you know, that's something that we need to really work on and establish strength with. Well, with the muscle damage, there's some theories behind that because uh, there's something called the sliding filament theory with how muscle fibers contract. But if you think of mm-hmm. like, um, you know, think of a piece of Velcro and how the Velcro sticks to itself. Uh, and then and then if, so that's how muscle fibers work. This is the, the prevailing theory. And then it contracts. Well, when you're lowering away, you're asking those uh, those hooks, those attachments to release under load. And so it causes muscle damage. It's actually tearing muscle fibers more than the other types of contractions. Number one, it builds more muscle. But number two, it's also responsible for more overtraining. So if you just like, oh, I'm going to go do like a bunch of negatives, you're going to fuck yourself yeah, real hard. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, and, and he, I have impactful. A th- and I have another theory. This is something that I've noticed also. So there is one particular type of athlete that lifts a lots of weights that doesn't um, focus on the eccentric in a lot of their movements. And these are the Olympic lifters. Because mm. they'll do like a power movement, well, like yeah. a clean or snatch. It's all explosive. It's all and one, then one, they one, drop one. the weight. It's yeah. all one, one, one. You get yeah. rid of, yeah. yeah they yeah. drop the weight. They don't do the eccentric. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, one thing you'll notice about Olympic lifters is they're incredibly strong for their size. So they don't necessarily build as much muscle as someone who focuses on the eccentric movement. Ah, so you're getting lots of fast contraction, yeah. lots of fat, but you're not getting necessarily the muscle hypertrophy stimulate, uh, aspect. Right. This is why lowering the weight under control, if you're trying to build muscle visibly, is important. Absolutely. Right. It is important. Well, you know that, what is it, uh, on the eccentric motion, we can carry four times the load that we can on, on the concentric Yeah, you can lower lift. way more weight under control than yeah. you can lift. And yeah. you, rarely ever will you see somebody, so typically for your your uh, your eccentric, your, your deceleration, like Justin's talking about, um, is your typical for hypertrophy, so for building muscle, is, is a four-second negative, which I tell you what, you know, I, I'm huge on this. I love to play with 
uh, rest periods yeah, and long, it is a very <laughs> long four seconds for long. <laughs> yeah, take forever. it, take your bench press and, and you know what, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I I'm big on using a, a, a lighter weight in a more controlled manner and getting the same effects or better effects than the guy next to me who's pushing out three times the weight I'm doing super fast and hard. Like Sal right. was saying, like an Olympic unless lifter. you're an Olympic lifter and you, yeah, yeah, if, your especially if you're, if you're, if, yeah, if you're all no, there's, of a, there's benefits to the speed too, but I, what you're saying, I hear what you're saying. Cause yeah, you're saying that yeah. if you want like, like your goal, aesthetics yeah use the control well and not to mention too it's a much safer way it's a much better way to teach somebody form and technique i mean obviously Mm -hmm. if you're doing something for the general person who wants to get fit you 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 know do they need to do olympic lifts now i'd probably stay away from those explosive and this is the biggest thing i you know b5 with crossfit that's why i don't like it right right you know i just don't like that mentality you yeah. know, I don't think people should be introduced to power lifts. No, it's way, not, until way later. We always talk about that. That's, that is such an advanced such a bad idea. A one 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 is so so advanced for somebody and so explosive that it's unless you're somebody who is extremely advanced and know how to keep yourself in perfect form when you take the body through full in an erratic full range of motion like that. You have no business doing it. If you mm-hmm. if you're if a beginner coming in, that's the I am not teaching you a tempo at one one one. Before I teach you something like a four no. two two, no. where I'm taking you slow one two three four pause at the isometric like you got a chance to talk a little bit about pause for one to two seconds hold where you're supposed to then back lower up. for uh, yeah. yep so uh, definitely and it, I tell you what I challenge those that are listening right now you want a little curveball in your workout you know literally go time yourself do that time yourself on your on your negative get it and there's nothing that says you can't go five seconds or six bro, seconds. bro i did that so we talked about this like two weeks ago and mm-hmm. i did that normally when i go bust out pull-ups i'll rip out anywhere between 16 to 20 something right i'll just pump them out okay and so, you did tempo pull-ups so i did real slow <laughs> oh, i went I up that. i, I went up i held five. <laughs> and i went all the way down and uh, I, I did like 10 oh well, that's like, pretty impressive you can get you yeah. 10 bro it, it was killer yeah. it was it was killer i it probably could only get like five like that yeah. that's pretty that's pretty tough well i only did one arm pull-up so that's why i was doing <laughs> <laughs> how are we doing on time doug that's not impressive all right, one more. So actually, is a quick one. This is from A underscore A R O E D W A R D S. Aaron. Edwards. Okay. Sorry. Question is, uh, uh, um, are tattoos and the meaning behind them? Well, I think I'll start since I have the least amount of tattoos between the two of you. Uh, uh, yeah. Inked up. I think you're safe inked, to say that. Inked up, uh, crazy maniac. So I have one tattoo. It's on my upper back. It's called a trinacria, which is a, a type of a. Uh, it's a type of a symbol, otherwise known as a triskel. Um, you'll see them in the ancient world um, quite a bit. Mine in particular um, is the symbol of Sicily, uh, which is where my family's from. So it's the head of Medusa in the middle, and there's three legs around her head. The, the head of Medusa is because uh, Medusa was the goddess of Sicily, uh, given to us by the Greeks. Of course, Sicily being in the middle of the Mediterranean, we have lot, we had lots of uh, empires um, you know, spanning over, over where we're from. And then the three legs, of course, represent the fact that Sicilian men tend to have three legs. So uh, it's actually the three. It's the, it's the three points of Sicily. Sicily's shaped like a triangle, and they say it's the three points of Sicily. So, so because I was born here, I'm first generation American. 
Um, it's kind of like, a, you know, back to my, my family's roots. If I lived in, when I go to Sicily, they make fun of me for having it. It'd be like a Californian having like the California bear on their shoulders. NorCal. Yeah. And which actually Adam has. Like, <laughs> I was just making fun of that <laughs> oh, shit. shit. <laughs> Talking shit. I got yeah. California yeah, right he's now. He's got LA on there too. It'd be, so. it'd be like some asshole with a California tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So that's about it. And, uh, uh, so I'll leave, uh, I'll leave it to you, to you tell Justin, down, guys. Justin. Justin. Oh yeah. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Well, I, I guess I guess yeah, the you're most. right. I think I had the most. So I probably should. We have about 10 minutes. Too, you might. I don't know. I got two. So I have two angels on my ribs, actually. And uh, I have a bigger, bigger pieces, but more. I've got a ton on them. They're pretty big. Yeah. They cover my entire ribs. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of actual like religious kind of symbolism and some of it's like evil. Some of it's good. And, and it's just really it. it it rep for me. I did that as like I I was raised in a very conservative home and and uh, a lot of times I spent growing up in the church and uh, I would sit uh, in in this was it like a like a little kids club kind of thing and they had this imagery so this this artist Dore uh, I I always looked at his work and I was just like wow this, I was so like amazed by it it was all this like crazy imagery of like demons and angels and uh you know people in hell and like all this crazy shit and i just was like wow that's so cool and that always just stuck with me and so i actually just put a lot of his style uh imagery uh, as tattoos on me and stuff and so i have like this devil guy and i got like a a, a leviathan and i have like um you know a, a cross and thorns and i have uh, a lion and uh, so a lot, a lot of imagery there because I, like I said, I grew up in the church and stuff, and so that was something that uh, it, you know is close to me. So don't you, don't, you, don't you have a, a family family shield too or something? What do you have? What else do you have? What's on your? Oh right no, on my back is is a uh, Celtic. Come on, bro, son. go through all your tattoos. Okay, I got a Celtic like son on my back. Like, he's like vaguely talking about his tattoos. He's like, well, I got all these tattoos. They're all stuff. Like you know, on, bro, go through there. the tattoo. I'm sure they can. Yeah, what's I mean, what's going on here, bro? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, in the the lion, it's got this. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Lion of Judah, but it has like a the crown, and then it kind of bleeds into the rest of it, trying to make a piece out of it with its mane kind of turning into fire, and then it gets like crazy. Uh, and then, um, what's that shield? What was the thing you were talking about? Shield? I don't have, oh, I don't have a shield. It's it's a it's a Celtic sun. Oh, so okay. and it's got the symbol of because you're Irish. Yeah, because I'm Irish and it, traces of that. So. That's it, though. That's all I got. What about the one and on one your... on my butt? That's what I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> the one, the but, one. You know, that's just for my wife. You yeah. know? <laughs> all right, Adam, go ahead. And uh, well, I got I got a lot, bro. So, um, well, f- talk, tell us about the like the most like I guess the Every, most... everything on me has actually meaning. The only yeah. thing that does not is my very first tattoo, which is the stupid Bob Wire tattoo. So the stupid, <laughs> oh no, you got the, the, the very, you got the bar brought up. Yeah, before Pamela Wait a minute, Anderson. Pamela Anderson. Before Pamela Anderson. Oh, oh before, oh, pre Pamela. Pre Pamela. Okay. This is before Pamela and Anderson. Say, if it it's popular. an homage to her, like uh, it was the know, very first I tattoo I got. It was you know it was when I first turned eighteen years old and I picked it off a wall. My buddy and I both went in. He got mm-hmm. he, and he got the other mm-hmm. uh, generic tattoo. He got a uh, you know a, a, like Eagle? a Chinese character. Oh, Chinese show. character. He got the Chinese character. That's uh, does some, he even know what it means? Uh, well, we think it means self discipline, but. We're, we're, <laughs> knows for sure right so right. he also picked it out of a book or off the wall and then the bob wire tattoo because um you know i thought i had cool arms back then it's about all i had back then when i was working out so 
that was the only one that has no meaning. So I ended up uh, building a sleeve. Now I wouldn't build a sleeve until I had set myself financial goals because I said to myself, if I ever had a job where uh, I'd be exposed and it wouldn't look professional to have a sleeve, that uh, I wouldn't. I would. I've always wanted one, but I thought, okay, I better have enough money <laughs> that I can afford to not have to work for somebody else. So. Once I achieved that, then the sleeve was on and I had all these uh, these ideas and pieces that I want. So I'll start from the top uh, where I have, uh, this is my grandmother. So uh, my grandmother, I was very, very close to. Um, she passed away about uh, six years ago. I lived with her when I first moved to the Bay Area. And you'll see that she's holding on to an apple. That's probably it, the cleanest one you have for sure. It, yeah. It's, it, it came out really good. Yeah. It's one of my favorites for yeah. sure. Um and she's got, she's holding onto an apple. The apple represents, uh, she used to call me the apple of her eye. So she's holding an apple. <clears throat> she's also got car- cards, a deck of cards in her in her hair. Um, her and I used to play cards a lot. So uh, especially in her later years and stuff, that was kind of our thing that her and I, she liked to gamble, I liked to gamble. We used to play cards together. Um, on the inside of my arm, there there's a scale with a skull and then jewels and money and stuff. And that's to represent to have balance in my life. I'm a very money motivated person and driven um, but it's also a reminder to have the to have have balance in my life, uh, which ties in also to the loyalty tattoo that's on my rib cage. So I have the word loyalty written down my rib cage. And you know, do you remember the exercise I did with all you guys where we picked the three uh, characteristics uh, that everyone? Do you remember doing that as a trainer for me back when? Um, back when? Sure. Yeah. So I, I did. No. I did an exercise with all my trainers where they they had to pick uh, the values to them that are that are really important, and they had I made them first start with five, then narrow down to three, and you know, uh, two of my three were balance and and loyalty. So that that's what those stand for. Um, the cross is for my father. Now you've heard me talk about my my father before. When I refer to my dad, I refer to my it's my stepdad that I'm actually talking about. My real father took his life when I was seven years old. So the cross is to represent him. The eyes that are lightly shaded above the cross, or that his eyes are always watching me. Uh, the flowers that are near the cross so are for the women in my family. So the 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 big flower is is my mother. The two flowers on the side of the cross are my sister, my sisters. Uh, that's also what you see, the lips inside of my my bicep. When I was younger, I used to flex my bicep. And I used to make my sisters kiss my bicep. So to, <laughs> they'd be sitting on the couch and I'd walk up and I'd shove my bicep that's in their awesome. face and be like, kiss it, kiss it. And I'd make them kiss my bicep. Kiss so my gains. Those are actually both my sister's lips and I had them t- tattooed <laughs> on awesome. the inside of my bicep. Uh, the, the, the birds, the front bird is, is a representation of myself and my friends that are following me. I've always been the leader. Uh, in my group and friends and, and positions that I've always played uh, played leadership roles. Uh, the the heart with the samurai sword through it and then the scar and the bleeding on it, that's a reminder to be a better man for all the hearts that I've broken and the scars of my own. Uh, the committed, committed is tattooed. The word committed is tattooed down my forearm. Uh, it uh, represents I'm, I'm committed to pretty much anything I do. So if I put my mind to something, I'm committed, I'm all the way in. One of my best friends actually has that tattooed over his stomach. Uh, my cousin and I both have the California, which Sal was just teasing me about. I have I have the state of California with a star in NorCal to represent from NorCal. Uh, L.A. is not for Los Angeles. It's for my brother and I, so Larry and Adam. So I utilize like the L.A. looking symbol. It looks kind of like L.A. So everybody thinks I'm a Dodger fan or something, but it's not. It's not that. It's his initials and <laughs> my like initials that are, that are tied in together. <laughs> Uh, the back of my the back of my tricep is the Scorpio symbol, and I think we got them all, didn't we? And then my birth date is, uh, yeah. uh, and then I have a it says established nineteen eighty one because uh, I'm established in nineteen eighty one. That's when I was born. Yeah, 
And I think that's it, bro. The one under, what about the one under notes? Gone, uh, more that one's, that one's too, too big to explain. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, man. That's a pretty Can I tell you about my unicorn? When he's cold, it looks like an old man. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.